I think when we rolled up on that BLM, that particular BLM near Zion, I was grateful that Kaylee was listening to her intuition, but I may have been okay and just set up tent for one night and just kind of push through it. But, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that we're listening to both in- intuitions. And I think she just wasn't feeling great about the bullet casings on the floor, which <laughs> rightfully so. What do you do when you come out as LGBTQ and love the outdoors? What do you do when you see the outdoor space ruled by older white cis men and desire a diverse community of outdoor lovers? Accept it, change it, create it. I am Justin Yoder, and this is LGBT Outdoors. What's up, everyone? I'm Justin, your host for LGBT Outdoors, and today I am joined again by two great co-hosts, my husband, Patrick Thompson. Hey, hey, hey. And JC Rianton out in Colorado. Hey, everyone. What's going on, guys? Oh, you know, stuff and things. (laughs) So descriptive. (laughs) (laughs) It makes our life sound so exciting. (laughs) It is. Well, I've I've been battling the COVID this last week, and I I got my... Thank you. I got my negative test on Thursday and feeling much better, but still a little bit more wonky in the brain than I normally am. And so it's, yeah. Oh boy. JC laughed first. (laughs) Oh my God. Let the record show. Um, You know, so I've been stuck at home and watching like cartoons and golden girls all week. Um, So not able to get outdoors, uh, but I hear that you have, JC. I have. Uh, so t- we're recording this on a Sunday. So on my end, I'm just glad it's the weekend, even though we're at the tail end of it. Uh, it's 2023. Um, really pushing myself to be outside even more than than ever. And um, not just to create content, but also just like to be outside, enjoy nature, Rocky Mountain National Park. And a lot of a lot of national parks during the winter don't have the reservation system, so I'm really taking advantage of that and being up there um, as much as I can. So I saw I saw your voto- videos and uh, photos from your hike yesterday, and pretty jealous, but I'm not sure how far it was, and it looked pretty cold. So I don't know what level of jealousy I am at really. But how far of a hike was it, and how cold was it? I think by the end of it, we logged like 9.5 miles. So like just under 10 miles. Um, So you killed me. (laughs) But I mean, (laughs) thank God the views are amazing. Because like you really, it it, it was a struggle at some parts. Like some parts did get steep, especially getting to the, getting close to the top where Sky Pond is. Um, I was like on, I was almost like, pretty much like crawling. I was like on all fours because it was just so steep. Like you can't just like stand on it. And then some parts in the summertime, um, it's actually, you'd actually be um, like climbing next to a waterfall. Uh, So I want to do that. But, um, but it was fun. 
Uh, nice. Just to clarify, nine difficult. miles yeah. might not be that far to most people, but Patrick and I live in Texas, and so uh, when we go to Colorado, <laughs> the altitude pretty much kicks our butts. But <laughs> but how far was oh, the last it, hike we did when I was out there? Was that in? That was uh, um, by Rogers Pass. Uh, I would probably like four miles, but we we went up. Um, that was a pretty significant elevation gain we did too. Uh, yeah, I thought to, is it four miles in though, or four four miles in and out. Four miles in, and oh no, the whole thing was four miles. But again, we were doing What's like that? switchbacks. Um, and it felt longer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was struggling too. Remember, I had like my forty pound vest, and I'm like, yeah, he's quietly, struggling as he has a forty quietly. pound vest on. Whatever. <laughs> um. Anyways, wh- how'd you guys stay warm on your hike yesterday? Um, so I'm learning how to, to, um, layer better this time around. I, I thought I would have to put on like a lot of layers. Um, but it's, it's, it's a matter of like having your, um, what is that called? Like the base, the base layer. Base layer. Uh, so some kind of thermal, um, a mid layer sweater or something, and then, uh, a waterproof, uh, shell it doesn't have to be thick but just something to keep the snow and the water uh, rain or anything like that um away uh, but also i had these hand warmers that i bought from amazon um super handy you can charge them so that you don't have to keep buying the 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 ones that you just dispose after oh, that's so that's cool. a little more eco eco-friendly Although someone might fight me for it because you still have to use batteries for them. And that <laughs> takes away uh, That might be better than just throwing <laughs> them away each time you get done using them, though. So, yeah. Because I, I imagine a chemical reaction that's literally creating heat in the palm of your hand probably <laughs> isn't super eco friendly. I, I, I might be wrong. Like, I, I'm open to that. So don't send me hate mail. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> I, I would think that that's a, a better option. Yeah. Or maybe. I mean, I, 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 I hope so. Maybe. I love bringing them around. Um, I mean, not not like casually. <laughs> like I wouldn't just like, go <laughs> to the party. to a party. Good conversation starter. <laughs> like, don't talk to that guy. <laughs> He's the uh, weird guy with the hand warmers. <laughs> but no, I bring them. I, I stuff them in my like jacket pocket when I go snowboarding. And and I guess when I go snowshoeing too, so because they keep my hands warm. Yeah, so I mean, if you ever have any recommendations with like different gadgets to bring to the mountains to make it more comfortable, that's definitely me. So let me know. Uh, those hand warmers, they're great. Um, I have more recommendations, so follow us on future <laughs> episodes. <laughs> 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 well, I'm curious to hear more about it. Maybe we need to do an episode all on some of your gadgets. That could be interesting. Oh my god, that's like a whole podcast. Well, whole other... instead kidding. of going down that route right now, <laughs> we, we, we have two amazing guests that we need to get to, and I'm excited to hear about their story. Um, we have Kaylee Olson and Cindy Nam joining us today. They're both from Colorado. Kaylee is one of our ambassadors, and they have both have been instructors at LGBT Outdoor Fest before, so we're excited to have them. Welcome to the podcast. Thanks Thank for having you. us. Yes, hello. 
You're welcome. How's things out in Colorado? You're out there with JC. Yeah. Great. Cold. Cold, Snowy. (laughs) It's been an extra like heavy snow (laughs) year this year. Oh, yeah. Such a difference. (laughs) Really? (laughs) And how late do you guys, you guys get snow all the way up through like what, May? I always say Mother's Day is like the last day. Wow. Yeah, that's a lot of snow though. Yeah. Well, you guys enjoy yeah. it, and I'll be sure to come and visit when I can. <laughs> Hopefully when it's not too cold. Well, we're excited that you're joining us. We know that you had an epic trip just recently um, to Utah and visited five major parks out there, Arches, Arches National Park, Bryce Canyon National Park, uh, Canyonlands National Park, Capitol Reef National Park, and Zion National Park. So before we dive into that, which sounds incredible, I'd like you both to share just a little bit about each of you, where you're from, how you got involved with the outdoors, and uh, any cool little nuggets that we should know about you. Sure. So I grew up in a small town, Missouri. I won't even bother saying the name because nobody will know where it's at. I do. Very small town. <laughs> small yeah, town you know Missouri. where it's at. Only if you're off the town. <laughs> Missouri uh, listeners, I'm sure. (laughs) Okay, yeah, probably. So, Weston, Missouri, about 45 minutes northwest of Kansas City. Uh, Super small town, very touristy. Um, I grew up there. I kind of, you know, played outside growing up a lot, but I was never like the one to be like, you know, hiking and stuff growing up. I didn't really find my love and passion for hiking in the outdoors until I moved to Colorado back in 2014. And that's kind of like, I went on my first hike in Boulder, the Flatirons, super unprepared, didn't know a thing about hiking. I had like one throwaway, like single use plastic water bottle, no backpack, nothing like my running tennis shoes. And I was like, I'm going to hike, you know, one of the Flatiron hikes. And I was dying. (laughs) And so slowly I came back after that. I was like, you know what? I still love this. I'm still going to keep doing it. So like, you know, I slowly learned and researched and, you know, picked up what you know, hikers should be doing. And that kind of butted into a passion of mine, which is teaching novice hikers, you know, how to be successful and safe in the outdoors. Sure. And I'll share my uh, background. So I grew up in Dallas, Texas, and <laughs> I, <laughs> I did uh, not go outside often because it was very hot. I wasn't like much of an outdoor person at all. Um, but six years ago, I got a dog. And she forced me to walk her. <laughs> I'm sure you guys outdoor fest her sage. So sage. She, <laughs> she's basically changed my life because I had to walk her every day. And then we started off, you know, walking around like local parks in the area, which there's not much parks in Texas. But um, eventually I went from like local parks to looking up state parks. And te- actually, Texas has a lot of state parks um, throughout the whole state, which I didn't know. So I started going to state parks, camping, enjoying the outdoors doors more. I, you know, I think it's, it was great for me mentally to step outside and be surrounded by trees and go on a little walk. And, um, we went eventually from state parks to national parks. Cause I felt like, Oh, how cool it would it be to photograph Sage out there in the outdoors. <laughs> so as silly as that sounds, awesome. I think she definitely has changed my life for the better. And I really owe her my life. And, and then I, we just went Um, you know, all around the nation, pretty much on the West Coast, going on these long road trips. We just finished an East Coast trip um, this year, or I'm sorry, last year. 
So yeah, I, I really owe her everything really <laughs> oh that's amazing she's uh, such a good dog <laughs> yeah, she is. we loved having her at outdoor fest she was a lot of fun oh, oh yeah so tell us about your your ideas to come up um with going to utah on they call it what the mighty, the mighty five. five there we go i drew a blank for a second the mighty five how did you decide to come up with that uh trip whose idea was it and what was the planning like for it yeah so we knew that we had like about a week because i had off with my job at the time a full week off and then cindy also had some time off with her job um it's like well we want to go somewhere and you know utilize this time that we have and like utah's pretty close like maybe we'll plan something in utah and like, I don't even think we were originally planning. We had planned to hit all five. Yeah, I, I definitely, uh, I've been to four out of the five last year or the year before. Um, but I asked Kaylee, hey, have you ever been to Utah? And since she's never been, I was like, okay, I need to go back to Capitol Reef. Because I think Capitol Reef is kind of, if you look on the map, it's kind of remote and um, a little bit out there. If you don't plan for it, it's hard to miss. Because it's just kind of remote in the middle of Utah. So um, I definitely wanted to go back and hit up Capitol Reef. And I talked to Kaylee and she was, she was, what I love about her is she's always down for an adventure. So I'm like, (laughs) hey, let's, you know, go on, hit the road. We have like nine days off, you know, utilize this. And now that we're in Colorado, you know, it's neighboring states. So why not? Um, So I think that's how we originally Mm-hmm. came up with the idea. And Cindy, she's always like the big picture planner with the road trip. She's always like thinking like, okay, this is like overall like the journey. And I'm like, here's the details. We're going to go to this hike. Oh, We're going to go like eat here. <laughs> oh, nice. So it, wor- it works out really well planning wise because I love Perfect finding like, the small details and she's good at like seeing the bigger picture. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah. That's really cool. Yeah. I think most people are probably really familiar with Arches, Bryce and Zion. Um, Capitol Reef and Canyonlands are probably ones that are a little less known. Um, but through your process of planning, obviously you want you ended up getting to the point where you wanted to hit all five. How did you how did you start with the planning? I guess maybe this might be more for Kaylee since she likes the details of it. But did you decide to camp out at each place, or did you get Airbnbs? Um, and what'd you do? Like some of the the details, like if somebody's listening to this and they've never done a national parks trip and they're like, this sounds amazing. I want to do it. Like what was the planning stages like and, and kind of walk us through that. Yeah. So we knew that we wanted to make it like a budget friendly trip. And so we're like, well, we'll do mostly car camping because it was, it was quite cold out, you know, in November in Utah. So like, well, we'll car camp and maybe that'll help kind of like insulate a little bit. And so our first night we drove Friday night after or not Friday night. I don't remember what night was. We here. did. We did leave Friday night. <laughs> What's yeah. Okay, we left Friday night and drove through the night to get to Moab. And so it's like pitch black back there because the first night we rolled up, like let's just sleep in the BLM because it's free camping, you know. And so we pulled up. It's for so those, dark. It's like for the those darkest guy. All over. Tell us what BLM is. Oh, BLM is Bureau of Land Management, so it's publicly owned lands that people can you know use and stay on and camp on for free perfect and so we pulled up into this blm no lights anywhere like we can't see anything like this darkness is just swallowing every you know ounce of light that we have 
And so we're driving, you know, looking around, trying to find a spot. I'm like, we can't find anything. So we just pull off and no, we're freezing. We're tired. We throw everything out of the car and just like, you know, put it on the ground. It was chaos. (laughs) (laughs) I, I will say, I think we, our goal was to mostly car camp for budget reason. I wouldn't say hotel because we, we try to stay under budget, but, um, um, we did like book some motels and you know, you know, all, all of the, the, especially like arches has a lot of touristy, um, hotels and rooms and inns and things like that. But we also really enjoy like camping and tent camping, even though we're probably kind of crazy for setting up tent out there in the snow. It was, it was snowing. (laughs) And I know in the past when we went to, I've been to Utah in November and it was never this cold. I think this winter was pretty harsh. Um, But yeah, I think mostly our planning was to stay in either cheap hotels or, which some of them were really sketch uh, on that road trip. <laughs> and I think uh, personally, I think we would prefer like car camping or tent camping over staying in indoors at a kind of, you know, cheap hotel because we get better views. Nobody is usually around. We just have a little bit more room and freedom. So you can definitely plan as expensive as you want or as cheap as you want. I mean, there's some nights we stayed in the car and honestly, like the nights we stayed in the motel, you really like are grateful for a shower, just all the little luxuries you take for granted when you don't have that, you know, luxury outdoors, but we really enjoy that, that challenge too. So yeah, it's really just up to the person uh, planning on how, how, elaborate you want to be, I I suppose. (laughs) Okay. So that's actually a really good reminder. Justin, uh, will tell you that I'm the first one to shoot anything down if it sounds expensive. Very true. And (laughs) thank you for that confirmation, husband. Um, (laughs) but, uh, talk about it later. (laughs) No, it's true. So, um, the fact that this stuff can be done on a less expensive scale is a really good reminder. And I needed to hear that. So thank you. I think that makes it even more like, like you're really in the outdoors. Um, I mean, when I went to Moab, I voluntarily tent camped. Um, And like, again, like what Cindy was saying before, when, when you kind of, when you don't get to shower every day, especially after like doing these like amazing hikes and, and, and being active, like you really get to appreciate that. Like when you get home after the long trip, like to have it, cause it's like, wow, that, you know, and now I appreciate all my showers. (laughs) (laughs) All the luxuries of life for sure. Did you think that, um, and, and there's no like right or wrong answer, but I think for what you guys wanted to do for the nine days do you think that was enough time uh that was plenty was that plenty of time or Ooh, yes uh, and no not yes enough and no i feel like yeah, it might be a loaded question yeah because like but- you know you're going through these national parks and it's like you'll leave and you're like man i could have used like one more day there like especially like thinking capital reef i wish we would have had more time there just because there's like all these hikes there that we didn't we didn't really have the time to do there like as opposed to zion i wish we had, had less time in zion 
Yeah, if I could oh, replan come? it, definitely add. Well, the more days, the better, obviously, you know. Um, but because I, I think we also got to squeeze in a day of Vegas because we got to Zion and there's a whole story behind. That. There's a yeah, there's a whole story behind that. However, we didn't expect you know that to happen. We wanted more time in Zion, but just the sheer amount of tourists and oh, it was so. It was so much people that we decided to go ahead um, to go to Vegas like a detour and come back. The but. story behind that, though. So we were this was like you know the last <laughs> few days of our trip. So we had put in because Angels Landing that hike with the chains now that people are like, oh my gosh, Angels Landing. So we had put in you know for the lottery for that we didn't get it and we're super bummed about it. Like, well, what else are we gonna do? And so we're driving around trying to find our spot to camp that night in the BLM. And, you know, the sun's starting to go down. We're starting to get hungry. We cannot find a spot anywhere. Like, we've gone in all the inlets, all the channels. Everything's taken by all these RVs. And we finally find a spot right by the road. And so we park. You know, we're kind of setting up our tent, trying to get dinner ready. And I'm looking around. And there is just glass, like, everywhere. Like, every few inches is another piece of glass. And then I'm like, okay, you know what? It's just some glass. Like, I'll just kind of pick it up so it doesn't puncture the tent. And then I start finding bullet casings. I'm just like, no, no. Okay, no. Oh, my God. So I'm like, I just, my gut's telling me, no, like, we got to get out of here. And so she's like, well, where do you want to go? And so Fun. we're like, well, we could go to Vegas. And then we even tossed around, like, the idea of Arizona for a while, too. <laughs> just completely scrap the rest of the trip and yeah. just go see the Grand Canyon. But we eventually landed on Las Vegas just for one night because we also submitted another submission for that lottery for the Angels Landing, which they recently changed, you know, last year. Um, that's another <laughs> another topic, whether we like that or not. Um, but we did able we were able to get that. Uh, and I think the main point of Zion was Angels Landing. So we had to come back. It was only two hours away. So we just came back, went ahead and did angel landing like we planned. Um, and, you know, we were able to experience that whole, whole, you know, ex- hike, that beautiful iconic hike. So that was, that was great. The only thing I would go back for is to do the narrows, honestly. I mean, it's a beautiful park, but like it was the most crowded of all five. Winnebago Industries is a leading U.S. manufacturer of outdoor lifestyle products. Their goal is to help their customer from glamping enthusiasts to off-road explorers embrace the outdoors through one of their recreational vehicles, powerboats, or pontoons. Winnebago Industries is proud to partner with leading industry and outdoor-oriented organizations such as us, LGBT Outdoors, who share in their desire to enable extraordinary mobile experiences for everyone. Together, we can all be great outdoors. So a question for you. you, you said two things that I think would be great for some of our listeners um, that I'd like you to touch on. One was um, doing the lottery. So if you could explain kind of the lottery and um, how that worked and, and the background behind it, that would be awesome. And then you also had mentioned the bullet casings, um, <laughs> <laughs> which, you know, you're two women out traveling, not saying that you can't protect yourself, but um for people that are listening we don't want to scare them away from the outdoors but we want people to be aware of their surroundings and do it safe safely so can you touch on those two aspects of your trip i'll touch on the permit um so i know a lot of these uh, national parks nowadays are 
coming out with some kind of system where you need to like get a permit to hike certain hikes that are very popular. And I think Zion in the last few years have just blown up with people, you know, on social media promoting um, Angel's Landing. And in 2018, when I did that, my first Angel's Landing hike, we didn't need a permit. We just, whoever woke up early and just went up there, uh, you know, experienced whatever time you, you could go whenever you wanted. Um, however, I think just last year they switched it where now you need to go online through the, um, the I think it's the National Parks Recreation website and submit a form where it's like a lottery system. And it's a little ambiguous to me too on how they pick who gets a permit and who doesn't. Because if you go to Shenandoah, they have like old rags hike where it's first come first serve. If you wake up at midnight at 1201 and you submit, um, you know, a, a, a permit for a hike, you, you get it like first come first serve. But with Zion, it was a little different with this lottery system. So I'm not sure <laughs> what's happening uh we have some strong feelings about it (laughs) (laughs) we really do and i understand why they're doing it because they're trying to limit the amount of people on the hike at certain times because it gets quite overcrowded and if you're on the little like there's some parts of the hike that gets very skinny and i could see how it would be difficult to try and navigate each other um especially you know you're up you know all all that uh the height it's quite high it's not the hike that because they make it seem like that's the most like dangerous hike in the united states and it's not the most dangerous in terms of like exposure or you know potential for like fall or rock fall it's dangerous because of the sheer amount of people that are trying to squeeze through these super narrow spots on this hike oh wow and often they're unexperienced hikers and i say that uh, just objectively because looking at you know their footwear or the amount of water they had brought like the proper gear they don't have so you can tell that they're tourists um that don't really go on hikes uh, with much exposure and that's probably i would say you know we both felt that it wasn't um particularly dangerous but i could see how dangerous it, it could get dangerous if you know there's too many people at once and and um people are trying to squeeze together so yeah, so Zion, um, yeah, they changed the rules on us, but you know we still had to get the permit like like everyone else, and um, I'm just glad that we were able to to get that and actually experience the hike. But yeah, good, good and bad on that. Our our feelings. Yeah, yeah, I could see that, and I, probably too a lot of if you have too many people out there at one time. You're trampling on the the plants and causing erosion, maybe, and you know, just damaging the environment as well. So, I totally get it too. It can make things a little bit frustrating trying to get get in and get your permit and everything. But I understand that as well. Um, so, touching on the safety aspect of your trip, yeah. So, as any like solo traveler, like you know, no matter what gender you identify as, it's always good to take precautions and just be aware of your surroundings. Um, so we happen to be two female, you know, travelers. So you know, there's a little safety in numbers, but you still want to be aware and just cognizant of your surroundings, especially when you're like camping in your tent or camping in your car. Um, you know, just it's always good to be prepared. And one of the things that they tell you, like 
when you are camping in your car or in a tent is just to listen to your gut feeling. Like if something feels off, like just find another spot, like no sense in, you know, feeling uneasy all night or, you know, risking it. So I think when we rolled up on that BLM, that particular BLM near Zion, you know, I was okay. (laughs) I, I guess I'm a little bit more, um, desensitized to my surrounding like that. So I was, I was grateful that Kaylee was listening to her intuition, but I think for me, you know, I may have been okay and just set up tent for one night and just kind of push through it. But, um, you know, I wanted to make sure that we're listening to both in- intuitions and I think she just wasn't feeling great about the bullet casings on the floor, which <laughs> rightfully so. But I think we definitely made the right decision in doing that. But I mean, we'll always have like some kind of pocket knife. I mean, maybe bear spray, <laughs> bear spray pepper spray, things like that, yeah. because you never know what, uh, you know, situation you might end up in. But and I'm sure we probably would have been fine, like camping there with all the trash and glass and bullet casings. But it's just, I just feel like it's so important just to listen to your gut. Whether or not it would have turned out one way or another, it's just, it's important to listen to yourself. It's a good plug to also say, uh, leave no trace. So if you're going out there, (laughs) pick up your trash. Like, don't be those people that are leaving your trash, especially broken glass. It was so dirty. (laughs) Yeah, pick up your, all right, guys. Pick up whoever needs to hear this. Needs bullet to, casings. Please pick up your bullet casings. After pick them up. Come on. So rude. <laughs> you know what? Like, <laughs> I think like my one of my pet peeves is because I hike with my dog uh, occasionally too. Like, but I, when I do, I'm even more mindful of making sure I pick up their their uh, poop trash and like take it with me. Because e- like every now and then, I I go on these hikes and I see them like leave it. And they're like feet away from the parking lot. Right? I'm like, just just take it with you. I, I think <laughs> I know. But anyways, that's like you that, were like so close. <laughs> <laughs> happens, but leave no trace. Yes. Definitely. Leave no trace. Um, so which which was your favorite parks? Okay, so I have two answers to this. My first answer, my favorite park was probably Canyonlands. And I say that because we took a very non-traditional approach to the canyon land. So most people, they'll drive up and kind of like be up on that rim up there looking down into the canyon. But we somehow ended up <laughs> driving from arches and we ended up on this four by four road at the bottom of the canyons, which was incredible. We passed maybe like four cars the whole time. And so nice. we're driving on this dirt road. There's rocks and potholes and like drop-offs and stuff. And it was it was beautiful way to like experience the canyon. And so we're driving through. Like I was doing the driving because Cindy doesn't like driving <laughs> off road, and I'm like, woohoo, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> adrenaline, adrenaline okay, good balance is there. much higher than mine because we, we we ended up just. I think we were delirious a little bit from the lack of sleep the night before because we had drove in Friday night at the BLM, try to car camp. And we only got what, like a couple of hours of sleep. Cause it was so cold. It was crazy. The dog was taking up half of the van. <laughs> <laughs> Sage was all over our feet and we, it was just very uncomfortable. But, uh, so we ended up just <laughs> driving down this road and somehow 
ended up in the middle of the canyon lands and we saw a lot of like um good what you call it viewpoints like i think it was I think um, it, I think when you do it from the bottom, it also touches into Dead Horse State Park, which I know a right. lot of like locals recommended to go there. Mm. Right. And so like you definitely see the canyon from a different viewpoint down there. And I would love to go back to try and backpack into that area. Um, I have to look and research how that's done. But I know that there are camping um, that you can do in in that in, in canyon lands. So that would be really fun to do because we came up a. Uh, you see the LaSalle Mountains in the back. I think that was really beautiful. Um, you saw this one river bend. It was like a meander. That was also very beautiful. But this whole time we're driving like almost, I think it took us three hours to get from where we started all the way to the top where most tourists end up uh, looking at the viewpoints. Because most tourists, they'll like, you know, book one of the excursions with like somebody in like the little four by four Jeep or something and just kind of ride along. So I don't know how we ended up where we did, but it made that <laughs> national park so memorable and unique. So that was my favorite in that way. But I also want to say I loved Bryce Canyon because we saw like sunrise and sunset, like beautiful colors, but also the BLM there was just top notch. <laughs> so we had pulled off a one, it was maybe a five minute drive to the national park from there. And we pulled off, we're the only car there, like gonna camp, nobody else in sight. There's already a little fire ring set up and like a huge log was just sitting there that we could sit on. And so we like, I like went around looking for firewood, bringing it back and the dogs <laughs> running around. Like it was a very peaceful night and yeah. it was a clean BLM. So it I was- loved Loved it there. It was beautiful. My my favorite, I will still have to say, is Zion. Just the sheer magnificent beauty of the park, I think, is just greater than all of the others. And that's why it's so popular, which mm. is the con of it, right? The But the pro is it's just so beautiful. So, um yeah, my my favorite is still Zion, but it was quite magnificent. Like when you come out of that first tunnel and it's just like <laughs> and you're like, amazing. wow. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so what do you say to and this is purely a devil's advocate kind of question. <clears throat> what do you say to people who are like, oh, I went to whatever national park last year, like we did the hiking, we saw the trees and there's birds and stuff. You know, th- th- they're all the same. Um, I feel like then, like, I feel like my response would be maybe you're not looking close enough at the details of each park. Like, sure, like, if you look at a big picture, it really is a bunch of trees and grass and birds, you know, <laughs> but if you, you got to like zoom into the tiny details of all these parks. So like, even in Utah, while all these parks are similar with the rocks and the colors, like they're all also very unique as well, too. Um, like, you know, with the arches or the way the hoodoos are shaped or even just like the slightest bit of color changes in the rocks too, as you go from park to park. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I would agree. Like Utah, I, I'd say Utah, especially, um, when we go to the, all the national parks, it's all kind of one color, right? I mean, a little bit of nuances, um, it, each part, but each park offers, um, kind of their own character, like Capitol Reef, I thought was one of the most underrated parks of the national, uh, of the Mighty Five, um, just because I don't think a lot of people go there. And, you know, I think all of those park are a part of that interna- international uh, dark sky association, I believe, where you can see the Milky Way um, at you know during oh, a new cool. moon. So 
you know, even things like that, maybe they didn't do enough research or it, it's too cold. I'm not going to go outside. What am I going to see? You know, think, things of that nature that they're not um, maybe considering. But yeah, even at night, it's just as beautiful as in the day. I think sometimes even more if you can see the Milky Way on a new moon. Um, but each national park has its own little characters and their iconic like spots. Um, so I definitely wouldn't say it's all the same. It definitely is different. So yeah. maybe it's just someone who's not very enthusiastic being outside in general. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. And no, I, I think to Kaylee's point, you know, you can go on a brand new hike in the same location every day, but you have to look closer and then it, it's, it's a totally drastically new experience. Really cool. Yeah. Uh, other question for you, top tips that you would give somebody looking to go to Utah to visit the parks. Um, if you're just visiting the parks, I would definitely say, make time to get up before sunset to catch some sunrises. So like mm. hiking, <laughs> hiking in the dark to go see the sunrise on the delicate arch was, oh, you know, such that a cool was... experience. Like seeing the way it just nice. glowed as soon as the sun came over. Like I would definitely recommend doing that in the sun, like the sunrise. Um, also even going like after the sun is setting that way so you can catch the stars and like the moonrise. Um, especially during Milky Way season when we can see it. Unfortunately, when we were in there in November, we couldn't see the Milky Way just based on the Earth's position right now. But you can still see a ton of stars. So I think just my biggest tip is like you don't have to go between like 9 a.m. to like 4 p.m. and that be your hiking time slot. Like utilize those times before and after because number one, you're going to beat the crowds. And then number two, you're going to see some like really cool colors on these formations and stuff that you won't see during like nine to five. Yeah. I would add on to, um, I do this. I'm guilty of this all the time before I go to somewhere new is I research too much about a particular hike. Like let's say for angels landing, I researched a lot on YouTube and I think looking back that kind of took away from actually getting there and experiencing it mm -hmm. myself because I saw what it's supposed to, or I guess what it looks like from cameras and, and their videos that they posted. So when I actually got there, it did look very similar to the videos and it kind of took away from my experience. So I would say research like what you need to do to get to that hike, like get the permits and, you know, the, the national websites, but stay away from like videos and photos if you can, because that can take away from your experience. Ooh, good Great angle. tips. Yeah. <laughs> love that. JC or Patrick, do you have any other questions that we, uh, that you have for the girls before we wrap up? I don't, I, it's been since a, well, quite a while since I've seen either of you at our, uh, outdoor fest, Texas in 2022. Yeah. yeah so, okay. So it was the spring. Um, uh, and I, I was, uh, became a huge fan of both of yours. <laughs> so getting to hang out and, and see you guys and chit chat and hear about your adventures has been really cool. Thank you. Agree. But I've got to see I, them at least. Oh, they. so <laughs> <laughs> I get the benefit of being their neighbors. Yeah. <laughs> so I get to share some adventures on the weekends. Um, 
like I think you guys kind of tackling the the Mighty Five uh, in November. Um, I thought that was a, a really cool, um, like a cool trip, like a great goal, definitely for anyone who's looking to get the most out of um, all those parks that Utah has to offer. Um, yeah, I I would I hope to 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 do that someday, and I kind of got to. Um, preview a little bit of that from all your guys' posts so thank you <laughs> yeah, it was good it was maybe good. we have to look into an lgbt outdoors trip yeah that would be awesome taking mm. notes well i know that you have some amazing pictures and videos from this trip where can people find out more about you and check out some of those photos we're on instagram yeah <laughs> mainly cindy's um, handle is a cindy namaste and mine is Kaylee Wanders, W-A-N-D-E-R-S. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. And uh, so great hearing about your story. I I hope to do that trip one day. You put the bug in me, definitely. <laughs> and uh, we always hear about like the bigger parks, but it's so cool about hearing some of those that we don't hear about so much in, in Utah as well. So thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for having us. Absolutely. Thank you, everyone, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed this episode with Kaylee and Cindy. I know I did, and it put the bug in me, like I said, to get out there and check out more of our national parks as well. Uh, we do have a Patreon where we're going to have more information uh, from Cindy and Kaylee coming up in the near future. So check that out. It's just patreon.com backslash LGBT outdoors. And also be sure to rate and subscribe, follow leave reviews, all the things for this podcast if you're enjoying it. If you're not, don't worry about it. That's fine. <laughs> but until next time, get out there. Thank you again for joining us this week. If you have a campfire conversation story you would like to share, please email it to us at info at LGBToutdoors.com. Follow us on Instagram at LGBToutdoors and join the community at Facebook.com slash groups slash LGBToutdoors. Become a partner by joining our Patreon, where you gain access to monthly bonus stories and exclusive content. For more information on today's episode, check out the show notes. For information about LGBT Outdoors, LGBT Outdoor Fest, local chapters, or to sign up for our newsletter, visit lgbtoutdoors.com. And if you're enjoying the show, please rate, review, and follow wherever you listen to podcasts.